Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 107. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome, everybody. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Give us a little heads up. <laughs> I'm doing what how am I doing? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm doing a lot better. Um we we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna do some some personal cheese here right now. <laughs> <laughs> the um, best kind. So um I've had a hard, rough week because my um my brother is having a tough time. His 10-year, 10 plus year relationship, which is um, has resulted in three children um, is dissolving and he is not handling it well. And um, he does have addiction issues and um, he also self harms. And this last week he has been um, very uh, acting out very volatilely towards himself, towards towards uh, verbally towards others physically towards just like things like the wall or whatever and um and so I tried to reach out to him but when I'm reaching out to him I'm calling him on his shit I'm his older sister and Mm -hmm. I'm telling him how I see things and how I how I feel um he's making some bad choices and um generally He'll listen to me. He might do some pushback or whatever, but I noticed over the last couple of years that it, that it was not as easy for me to kind of have that like power, uh, the old sister power, (laughs) older sister power. And um, he has uh, this last week after I sent him like three long ass texts about the calling him on his stuff or whatever he's now blocked me on um on so i cannot uh contact him and that was tough for me like i had a couple of days where i was just like crying i showed up to work late one day because i was just in the car like crying talking to my mom telling her all this stuff um because like I said, I'm the older sister. And so I've always been able to like have that role <clears throat> with him. And um, it reminded me, it's kind of funny. It reminded me of when um, I was in college and it sticks out in my mind so clear. He was like 12 or so. And he used to like always want to be around me and always want to go places with me or whatever. And that one time I was visiting home um, he was out playing with his friends and he didn't even come home to say goodbye to me. And oh. I was so hurt, but I Aww. know how childhood works. I know how adolescent works. And I was like, that was that change where like, I'm like, he's fucking growing up. And like, mm-hmm. I had to just like, you know, let it go. It up. And yeah. this is what I feel here, but it's the complete opposite. Like he's fucking spiraling down a black, <laughs> a black hole. And mm-hmm. I have to laugh now because I'm trying to like let go of any like responsibility that I felt over it. But um, so 
to cut uh could cut the story short that is my real tmi uh, <laughs> uh answer to how are things going <laughs> wow. i even missed like two whole days of running and i didn't get them in because i just did not feel, feel like it like i was just on the couch crying and sleeping the whole day away yeah and i hope he listens to this and feels bad <laughs> yeah i mean it's the least you can do like if going down that line of tmi um um like i i haven't talked to my brother like actually talked to him besides like a courteous hello since last year oh what? wow because i blocked him oh shit wow. yeah and so it's just like i I, I get what I kind of get where you're coming from and stuff like that. And now, but this is kind of the reverse. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm the older sister. Um, uh, and so it's just, and I blocked him because he had, he said some mean hurtful shit to me in the beginning of quarantine. And I realized that he treated me a lot like that for, for like, he treated me like that a lot. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't need this negativity in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, bye and i blocked him and i haven't talked to him since like he like and it's it's a little hard yes Um, uh, it's hard no matter what the circumstances are it's so hard it's and and it's hard and for like and for a brief moment there i was just like maybe maybe i'm me i'm being too mean maybe i'm not being like too understanding or like trying to like uh like see like how does he see me his like lazy bum of an older sister still living with her parents and stuff like that um uh, and like his own views towards depression because i'm pretty sure that he adopted my parents views on it in that it isn't really real mm-hmm. um uh, and like um uh, but at the same time i was just so like mm, no i'm like i like just because someone's family and this is where it's like really just because someone's family doesn't mean that they should have free license to hurt you. Yeah. And sometimes what you need to do or what they, or what happens is that that can, that connection is cut off mm-hmm. and you have to learn to let go. So it's, I, I understand where you're coming from. Basically. It's like, it's like a weird mirror. Yeah. I can, yeah, <laughs> but I can, I, I can, I can understand it and I can, I can get, I can, it's, it's just shit that happens yeah, between family. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's super hard. Um, but coming from a place where we were used to be really close. We're 12 years apart, but we were very, very close. Um, yeah. And then as you get older, you grow apart. He started a family. I got married. And, you know, things just happen. And we never. And also because of our own dysfunction in our families, we have a hard time saying I love you like I I, Mm -hmm. we both say it but it's like so like forced sometimes you know we should (laughs) but and that comes from you know our dysfunction just growing up in our situation that we did but I I was just so um happy that you know he seemed to be doing well he was successful and and I mean his he he suffers from depression um, and, um, I firmly believe there's trauma involved, but I don't know the complete story. Um, but in his case, that depression has turned to, um, abuse, uh, to substance abuse. And so, 
it's and I'm I'm putting all that laundry out there on my podcast because I can't <laughs> he can hear his own podcast and defend himself if he wants. <laughs> yeah. Wow, guys, that was really heavy. Uh, I feel a little frivolous with my. How's it going? <laughs> no, you tell me. I mean, us. mine is old news. Like that's just, that was me more trying to be like I understand where Kristen's coming yeah. from. Like my week though has been the same. I just fucking play video games for hours. <laughs> like that's just actually no way. I started I started school a while back. I believe I mentioned this, mm-hmm. and like we're finally like getting like a grades back, and I'm so fucking mad because like and I'm not, I'm not mad, but I'm like I'm annoyed because i have a 95 percent in a fucking class that i should have a hundred percent on and it's not my fucking fault it's the professors and it's just because uh, i do not like my communications professor and i this is the was, class they're forcing you to take yes this is the class they're forcing <laughs> me to take that i have to take and it's just uh-huh. like uh, like i should have a hundred percent in that class but i don't because she is the one who didn't post a thing on time so it cut into me Mm -hmm. being able to turn it in on time and so I lost I lost like like one or two points for it being late when it's not my fucking fault yeah and it's like (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) like I still it's still like 95 percent but I'm just annoyed yeah point of the matter yeah it's the point of the matter is that i should have 100 percent, and i've always been like this where like and a lot of people are like are just like what do you mean like like i I remember in school when i would be like well i would be like why the fuck do i have a b i should have an a uh and people (laughs) are just like you have a fucking b stop fucking complaining and i'm just like bitch i work for that like I like I work for that. It's not my fault you're not doing as much work as you could be doing. Um, just like, but and I know how much work I put in, and I deserve a fucking A. So yes, I'm upset that I have a B because it should be an A. <laughs> and that's just how I am as a person, as a, specifically as a. But that's just how I am as a student. And I don't. That's think how I was people. in high school, but in college, it all completely went down the drain. As like. C passing cool. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Like, no, in co- in college it did take a hit. Like I got like in college was the first time I ever got an F and stuff like that. And like I was mm-hmm. like, and I was just like, how like how smart am I? But then after a while, I was just like, wait, what the fuck? I am smart. Like, and I got a lot of that attitude back again. Yeah. And so, like. And and I'm still like working on repairing it because then UCLA hit me like a fucking freight train of uh of negative self worth, but I'm getting it back again. So yeah, that's good. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, Sarah, tell us your frivolity. <laughs> well, um, I decided because uh, it is Monkish's nine year anniversary, and they they put Ooh. out all week. They put out a uh, new beers in celebration for their nine-year anniversary i am offering a monkish beer along with uh the lightning strikes uh, signed of issues one and two for our um drawing uh, oh cool yeah so so nice. out there guys if you uh want to win lightning strikes and a monkish beer you must be 21 and o- or over and you have to rate and review our podcast on apple i apple Podcasts or itunes or cast box c 
C-A-S-T-B-O-X, and you'll be entered to win a monkish ninth anniversary beer can. Um, and again, you must be 21 years or older and uh, lightning strikes both issue one and two. So that's actually, I, I told myself, I'm like, I have two of this one can. I could, I could put that into our drawing to see who is interested. If you haven't had monkish, you're missing out. So uh, this is a very special drawing. Are they open again? No, 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 no. So the way they're doing their can releases is really quite brilliant. We back in the before days, I used to stand in line to get cans <laughs> at Monkish, and it was great. You got to talk to people in line, and it was just like an event. Um, now, <clears throat> what they do is you you they announce it like thirty minutes before they go on sale and they go on sale online and so there's only a oh. so you have to be online checking out before okay. they run out and so then uh, after that you have um, like the whole afternoon to pick them up so between like 11 a.m to 7 p.m uh, you drive in you drive into a stall you text them they have a sign there to text what stall number, what's your order number, and what kind of type of car you have. Uh -huh. Come out to your trunk and put it in your trunk, and then you could take. Oh, it. cool! Yeah. Well, there's a lot of breweries who are. I mean, we've gone back and forth, back and forth, but just within the last couple of weeks, a lot of breweries have been opening up. Um, I, the Strand has opened up. Um, the uh, the one over there where you and Taffy had an incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, a smog brew. Yes, smog brewery. I can never remember. That's the only thing I can remember about it. They also have reopened their patio. Yes. Um, and so I was just wondering if Monkish had, but I know that they are limited uh, in space um, compared to those other two places that have a uh, big parking lot. Yeah. Plus, I feel that Monkish, like right at the beginning, when like a year ago, when it, this whole thing started, they were like, "We're gonna protect our employees, no matter mm -hmm. what." Mm -hmm. So at first, I think they closed before they figured out how to do this can releases, and of course, the tap room is closed. Yes, they don't have any of that or crawler fills, uh, mm -hmm. or any of that. So it, it was strictly can release for a year right now. But even oh, so, wow. they they they. They, I mean, they're they're brewing large amounts, but they still keep it kind of like not so much. So yeah. it's still all the cans that are released, all the bottles <laughs> that they release all year are still limited, limited. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's still kind of like a precious stone to get your hands on a, on a can. <laughs> so yeah. um, they still have that 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 exclusivity, I guess, that, you know, that kind of like signature, like limited can. Do you have it? Are you cool enough to own one? Did you get it? I mean, it's just like exclusivity. It's just like really cool. I uh, only know about them after they're done because you <laughs> share it. And I'm yeah. like, damn, I missed it again. <laughs> and I follow them on all the social media. I just never see anything. Right. No, no, no. I, I get it. Uh, my brother's, uh, he is, he's the one that keeps a close, vigilant eye on it. And then like immediately he texts me, are you in or are you out? And I'm like, I'm in or I'm out. You know, like. <laughs> But it's uh, but it's it, it's actually him. He's the he's the one that is all on top of that. And he, so that shout out to Compton Eric because he he totally makes that happen for me. That's how I get my hands on Monkish. Cool. <clears throat> also, uh, we were just we just participated in the Latinx uh, Comics Art Festival. So that was a lot of fun, guys. It I, was. I, I really was, enjoyed yeah. it. I 
um, um, I woke up late on Saturday and on Friday I had to work. So I basically streamed it while I was working. And it was annoying because I'm like, I'm getting phone calls and I'm like, don't you know I'm watching the Latinx comics? <laughs> <laughs> like, damn you. And then I woke up late on Saturday. So like I streamed it while I showered and then I had to run errands. So I streamed it in the car while I drove. So I love the uh, ability, the mobility of this convention via Zoom. Although I do miss being there in person, but yeah. Um, I, I really am grateful that they zoomed a lot of these panels and, and I was able to watch them all and that they're going to be available later to on on um, on uh, what is it YouTube. So yeah, and one thing that they're mentioning that was unique too to this particular festival is they have an online gallery. So they actually asked for submissions for people to submit their creative works and um, have them up. And it, I think she mentioned that it's going to like be through um, at some point in, in April that it was going to be available. So if you happen to miss uh, any of the Latinx Comic Arts Festival, the uh, streaming, U uh, streaming panels um, that were live are going to be available on YouTube and the artist gallery is still going to be live um, to, for you to go and check out uh, some of the works that people submitted. And you just have to go to, um, I don't know. It, it's, I know it's Latinx comic arts festival. I don't know what the um, actual. Yeah. Um, you just, you just Google, I mean, I'm sorry. You just searched that on the YouTube channel and yeah, I was. Oh no, no. Right I up. mean, they actually have a website too, and I was trying to see if it was just if it was lacf.org or what the what the actual address was, so people could go to it. But um, but they do have a website, so you just Google Latinx Comic Arts Festival, uh, and you it'll should come right on up, and you can go to their website, and then they have links there on the website for you to go to their YouTube and also to the artist. Um, the art gallery. All right, guys. What time is it, Kristen? I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, es la hora de la cervecita. So today we are going to be trying, and this is so cool. I just noticed the like um, what do you call it? The this the way the color shimmers, it's called something Hologram color street has a name for it uh, Hello? rainbow no. rainbow shimmer <laughs> i don't know but it's like those it's like those um those stickers that were popular in the 80s that oh, they those lisa like, frank yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i just saw this well, thing on netflix about lisa frank but yes <laughs> yes the this lisa frank the lisa frank colors but yes. nowadays you know what this color is called mm. what gamer colors <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> nice. like, i don't know why it is but gamers like bright uh, like the bright rainbow lights uh -huh. usually going on in the background of their keyboards or their mouse or their like computers yeah uh like with the with the glass screen so you can see the insides so, so they can flex their fucking amd and graphics cards or whatever but <laughs> i'm not immune to it i have a mouse right now that's currently <laughs> flashing colors at me yeah, uh, I am guilty. So the beer we're trying today is called Code Breaker, and it is a West Coast IPA. And uh, it says that it uses Cryo Simcoe 
plus cryomosaic hops with a foundation of Pilsner and two row malts. It's light in color, dry, and big on dank stone fruit. Um, West Coast IPA is alive at, and TMB uh, is um, trademark brewing company. So they are local to Long Beach. I've never heard of them, actually. Me neither. Um, I nope. got this can at... Um, I got this can at uh, Corks in Caps in oh, Corinth, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and the thing that struck me the most was definitely the can art. It has kind of like a a rainbow shimmery ombre kind of thing going, but the thing is, it's like the the whole background is black, so it really makes the the um, the colors pop. Yes, chromatic is the word I was looking chromatic. for. Chromatic. Yeah. Really, that really does describe this. Yes. So I saw that and I was like, oh my God. And then I saw, oh shoot, they're from Long Beach. And this was one of the cans that was recommended by the staff at Corpse and Caps. Corpse oh, okay. and Caps. Um, I hmm. found that uh, as as time has gone on, you know how we've complained about when we step into a comic shop and we're kind of shunned for we being women. Uh -huh. um, and the same thing happens in um uh in, in craft brew places yeah i've found that lately i've been i don't know if it's because we were you know we're quarantining and distancing that people are more welcoming to me <laughs> like i mean i stepped into corpse and cat cork i keep saying that corpse and caps no caps and corpse <laughs> Co i'll take it in cork Corks and, and caps and caps. Yes, they were mm -hmm. super mega friendly. They were informative. They said, "What kind of beer do you like?" I can, you know, they had everything by, um, by IPA, local mm -hmm. stuff, and pilsners, lagers, and stuff. They had it all by section, so it was really helpful. So, um, yeah, that's where I got it, guys. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> it was a recommendation yes it, it's very clear though for being uh i i see you drinking out of it it looks very clear for being an ipa i i don't oh, know wow why, yeah why but it does say that its base is a pilsner so makes sense i guess that makes sense yes so i'm gonna Let's open see. my can Ooh. So yeah, mm. shout out to the staff. I mean, they have girls uh, working uh, also there that we could ask about beers and they know their stuff. So it's like really awesome for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, although it does have a little like 7-Eleven feel, but the features <laughs> are, are amazing. I wouldn't mind. It, it was surprising to me that you mentioned that there's food there too. Yeah. They have like a deli thing on the side. And uh, what uh, the first thing they told me was like, people come for the beer, but stay for the food. <laughs> and so and it, I got myself a, a hamburger there once and it was delicious. So Ooh. hamburger sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm took my first sip. It is very light, but. It is very heavy on the IPA taste. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do, I do, um, I do feel the hints of fruit coming through, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like, I like a good IPA. Um, <clears throat> and this is actually it for an IPA. It is actually pretty light. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't expect it to be as uh, as dank as it is. As the kids like to say. 
as the beer kids like to say. <laughs> yeah, the right? beer children. <laughs> okay, sorry. So when I when I opened mine, there was uh I guess it might have rolled around in the bag that it's in. Oh, did bit. it explode? It exploded a little bit. Uh so I got beer all over my mic. So that's oh. nice. Uh, and all over all over my lap as well so i'm like carefully cleaning it off right now but it's not terrible (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's it's light yeah i think one of the main things that i don't like about ipas is just how heavy they feel yeah uh as besides you know the hoppy taste uh and this one is like it's got that hoppy taste but it's not like it's punching me in the face as some IPAs are known to do. Um, it's actually, it's pretty flavorful, mm-hmm. actually. I can definitely, it definitely tastes it fruity. And I kind of like uh, that aftertaste that coats, Your like, I, all the way to the back of my throat. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but it feels warm, and I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to mention that. Uh, yeah, that it has a <laughs> grabbing feature that coats your tongue at the end. Sorry, I'm not really experienced in that. <laughs> Usually I have it all over my face from a different source. This is the TMI episode, dude. <laughs> if I was um, bisexual or lesbian, I would definitely be a pillow princess. <laughs> okay, so what is that? Because I don't know what that is. You don't know what a pillow princess is? A pillow princess is that you like to receive but not return the favor. No, I'm all down to return. And I don't even feel like I'm queer, but I would totally try it. I dream about trying it sometimes. But in my real (laughs) life, I'm like, I don't trust you. Like, I I am a woman. I know the things that go on (laughs) in my nethers sometimes. And I do not want to experience that from you. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I went to a strip club once with my friend and he bought me like two lap dances from the same dancer. And after that, I was so obsessed with her. I would drive by the (laughs) strip club. I know. I know. I know how it sounds coming out of my mouth, but I was totally obsessed. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? I never saw her again. I distanced myself from that because I was so obsessed. I had a crush on somebody in... um... I had a crush in on college, a right? woman in college. I don't know yeah. her name, but I would see her. She was a motorcycle rider and she would walk across campus with her helmet. And she just, she was a little butchy looking, but not like, like, I don't know. In that she had short hair, that's it. And she wore like a leather jacket. But um, probably in college, maybe I would have returned the favor. For her, she was special. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You see, here's the thing about like human sexuality, though, and like it being on a spectrum, is that because both of you are so like you're straight, like both of you are like super like heteronormative and stuff like that. But the fact that you still had thoughts or you're open to that, like to me, that's like that's what's so awesome about like human sexuality being on a spectrum and stuff like that yeah because uh and it like and it being like able to help with my own like feelings and stuff like that because like makes me comfortable with my own bisexuality too because for the longest time I thought like I'm not really like I'm just a lesbian in denial that's what I thought that I was Mm -hmm. um um 
Oh, uh, you know what? I think a lot of bisexual people get that with whatever mm-hmm. it is that that if they're a man or a woman, what you know that they're just that, but in denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I'm just like, no, like, like, like sometimes I do prefer. Like I tend, I tend to prefer uh, women more. But every once in a while, I'm like, I see a guy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he he will do. <laughs> have been chosen. <laughs> but we got sidetracked, guys. This is definitely a TMI episode. But um, <laughs> so I'm loving this beer. I uh, I love uh I love the can art. I love uh, how much percent is it? It's it's uh, a seven point two. It's perfect. I think it's perfect to start off your night. Um, I love the uh, little hints of fruitiness in it um i like how i i love i really like that um that kind of sour aftertaste i like that so um i'm gonna give it a full this is sarah oh are we already uh, i'm trying to find information <laughs> on the beer um but uh i don't know if it is a special or what but on their website i don't see it on there so I was trying to see what they were actually saying about it because I'm interested to see what they are saying um, are is some of the notes. But I don't know how long ago this was released and it's not on their website. So too bad, womp womp. But just <laughs> a, a reminder that um, our, our uh, scale for rating beer is a five point scale with one being flaccid two initial three out of five partial four out of five full and a five out of five rigid and if it is something super amazing like that sticky monkey that we've been talking about (laughs) yeah um then it is a six out of five super saiyan so i'm gonna give it a full i'm gonna give it a four out of five it's Mm -hmm. a pretty basic ipa to me it is flavorful, but it doesn't like do anything specifically out of the ordinary for me. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely uh, like it and would keep drinking it, but um, just a, a fool for me, not a full rigid. So, Jen. Um, well, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I think you're being it's intimidated pretty- by the cool can art. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, you know, it like, I just saw, I saw the can art and I was like, oh, it looks so cool. And then I looked at what type of beer it was and I was just like, oh, but it's a West Coast IPA. I was like, oh, but the can's so cool. So I was like, uh, I was like, sure, let's do this one. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the taste. Um, um, still not a big fan of the hoppy taste uh and stuff like that but i'm like i i personally would give it a partial but i believe it is a full um uh, on a scale i just personally me i just am not that fa- that fond yeah. of um um IPAs but I can see how like someone who doesn't mind IPAs or how people who do like IPAs will would like this and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with my rating I'm gonna give it a partial because it's okay. it, I'm, I'm still drinking it so yeah the more <laughs> uh, I drink it uh the more I taste tangerine mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like very citrusy at the end like mm-hmm. at the 
room temperature setting, kind of like after you've been sipping it for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's been mm-hmm. our beer review, guys. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, what's the chisme? Okay, so last week you shared, I don't know, was it last week? I, I think know. it was last week, yeah. You shared some chisme about Falcon and Winter Soldier being the, the next property to come out of Disney Plus's MCU TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the trailer um, that they released this last week. And I actually was pleasantly surprised. I am not um, a Winter Soldier fan as far as comic book uh, character. I just don't know enough about him. Mm -hmm. But I'm really not a Bucky the Winter Soldier fan from the movies because that freaking long greasy hair. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm a fan because of the long greasy hair and the eyeliner. Oh, he wears eyeliner? Yes. Yes, well, I know this because that's my Achilles heel. So I was just, <laughs> I was just very excited because I love Sam Wilson as a character. I love his comics. I love him. Um, the The series Sam Wilson, Captain America, was amazing. Oh, my God. I cannot recommend that book enough. Um, and then that is where Sam takes over um, the shield um, because... Uh, because uh, Captain, I was gonna say because Chris Evans. Because- <laughs> <laughs> no, because whatever, uh, Ellen, uh, because whatever uh, Captain America's name is, what's his name? <laughs> Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, yeah. <laughs> because he becomes, um, he becomes, uh, what is it? Um, Hydra. It, that was no, part- is it? No, it's that one is uh, that one takes place when he Captain America gets turned into a ninety-year-old man. Oh, serum, oh like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, serum yeah. gets stripped away from him. That's right. So, so he's just a 90-year-old man. Yeah. And the reason I remember that because there was actually a very good Deadpool run while that was happening. Uh, and he teamed up with Deadpool. Like that was that was an the interesting 90-year-old man a, or Sam Wilson? No, 90-year-old uh Captain America teamed up with teamed Deadpool. Teamed up with Deadpool. I missed yeah. that. That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but that Sam Wilson uh storyline was very um, poignant because it touched upon a lot of um, issues of race and race relation and the importance um, of uh, a black man taking on the mantle of Captain America. So if that kind of storyline interests you, definitely check that out. But um, I was like, Ugh, whatever, like, and especially coming off the high that was WandaVision, I had very low expectations for Falcon Winter Soldier. But this um, trailer that they showed actually piqued my interest very much the banter that they have together the the comedic relief that uh, of the jokes they were saying was actually really enjoyable and so I actually am really looking forward to see what is going to become of Falcon Winter Soldier and um, it is being uh, released for the first episode this next Friday I believe so uh, it is something now that I am looking forward to and the cheese to get to the cheese part of uh, what I am talking about. I took the long route there um, is that basically people were guessing like, what is this TV show going to be about? Because um, actually the shield was given to somebody mm. um, previously 
he passed it along to Sam. And so, um, but in this trailer, there the keen-eyed fans have seen that in the background there is a poster that says Cap is back. But there is a picture of not Sam Wilson, not Bucky uh, Barnes, but of U.S. agent John Walker. So that's mm-hmm. a whole nother now person, character into this uh, storyline. And I'm interested to see where this goes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I totally thought it was going to be Sam Wilson who was going to take over the mantle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested right. to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Or it, it, like, it could just be a, a, a way to distract and it's a red herring and it's really like nothing. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That or it's like US agent was kind of used as a like extremist uh kind of thing. Or at least I've all the interpretations that I saw of him was always like as like a super like uh patriot extremist yeah. kind of MAGA like dude. Um uh and so it's interesting to see like well like the shield was given to sam uh uh or like was it sam or bucky it was given to sam wasn't it yeah it was given to sam at the end of uh infinity war um um, oh my god by a 90 year old steve rogers (laughs) next yeah deadpool movie that would be that would be interesting i would watch that i'd be like oh shit man (laughs) sign me the fuck up um um but like it would pose some interesting questions like did the u.s government uh strip sam of the Mm -hmm. of the shield kind of thing because i think that is that was a plot point as well um but it was a plot point when bucky barnes took the shield because they were just like hey you were like a fucking ex-russian soldier you can't have that um oh yeah well in in the sam wilson captain america um actually one of the storylines very similar to the um black af superhero super super america sweetheart um very similar storyline was that um sam was in his role of Captain America, out there helping Black Americans, Black people. And um, there was a lot of pushback of, you can't do that. You have to help everybody. And him being like, exactly like what that other character said, like, these people are in need. So. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's so sad that it's a common plot point because it's a thing that happens. Yeah. Like whenever, or whenever someone is like, helps like with a charity organization, they'll be like, why'd you donate to this one when other people like me? He's like, like, bitch, like everybody needs it, but I'm focusing on this one. I can care about multiple things at once. Um, uh, kind of thing. So yeah. it's like, um, um, I want to, I want to see. I want to see where it goes. But above all, I personally really liked uh, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. A lot uh, of people do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, but I kind of, I want to see where that goes or where it's going to be like a uh, kind of like inheritance thing. Like does the U.S. government strip uh, Falcon of the 
of the fucking shield and because because he he was ex-military so who does he listen to like he's gonna, yeah. is he gonna listen to the u.s government is he gonna have uh gonna have decisions to make when the shield they give it to is this fucking like super maga dude like what's like that's i want to see where that goes i want to see if marvel's willing to go down that route it would be interesting yeah uh, to say the least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's my cheese man <laughs> yeah it's good cheese man all right guys now it's time for our book review and what are we reviewing today jen so today we got exclusively we did uh, <laughs> scoop buried leads volume two uh it's written by richard ashley hamilton illustrated by pablo andres colors by kike he diaz uh, I'm going to assume it's Kike. That's how I would say it. <laughs> yes. um, uh, I like that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lettered by Letter Squads. And it was published by Insight Comics. So we have reviewed Scoop before, but this is volume two. And this is just a little rerun. Uh, this just in, UFOs, time travelers, and mutants are real. And really bad news for teen sleuth Sophie Cooper. Join Sophie on a high-flying mystery from the swamps of the Everglades to the heat of Miami's city streets. After releasing breaking news of a secret government-funded time travel murder conspiracy, Sophie is officially the top teen news hound in all of Miami. From crop circles to alligator men and more, Sophie is chasing down leads and determined to dig up the truth behind the all-mysterious hidden deep in the Miami Everglades. But when an accused murderer reaches out to ask for Sophie's investigative help, the story hits too close to home for her to turn down. Determined to prove the innocence of this former hometown hero, despite overwhelming evidence Sophie finds herself pressured to drop the case at every turn even by the people she cares about the most in addition to balancing her hectic internship upcoming quinceanera and the everyday drama of high school there's a lot riding on Sophie's shoulders can she break the story of a lifetime while navigating the complicated minefield of teen life facing a series of twists she didn't see coming Sophie's about to find out just how far she's willing to go for the truth Ooh, scintillating. Ooh. <laughs> yes. So we read the first scoop so long ago. Like, I don't even think, were we even at Starburns yet? No, we weren't. No, we weren't. Uh, I don't think we were even in the double digits of episodes that we released. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how far. Okay. But it was one of the, it was one of the first independent books that yeah, was. Yeah, I think so. That was uh no no it wasn't even like given to us I or what like it was but it was emailed to us as well wasn't it No I think or... we got this one at the very first uh convention we were at it was uh the East LA Comic Con the very first one really? Was it at East yeah. LA Comic Con was, yeah. wasn't it Latin Comics Expo I feel like I saw them in the small room on the side of the East LA Comic Con location uh, but uh-huh. I could be wrong. But yes. Uh, anyway, it was so long ago, guys. It was definitely <laughs> one of the very first cons uh, when we were very uh, tabling for the first time. So uh, yeah, it, it's been that long. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I got to say, I'm loving the art. Loving uh, the way mm-hmm. uh, it almost looks like she's grown up a little bit, like matured a little bit with mm-hmm. the new style of art. 
that they have yeah. in the book. Uh, but honestly, Richard Hamilton like knocked it out of the park for me. Like I'm not really a mystery writer, but I totally dug it from the dynamic mm-hmm. between Sophie and her brother. Um, I, I sincerely thought that they were going to go into like a romantic triangle. But I'm so glad they didn't because, <laughs> I mean, you could see that there's like little semblances of crushes here and there, but it's it that's not the main story. The main story mm-hmm. is how smart Sophie is, her passion for for solving mysteries, her passion for being an intern at the at um, at the news station, um, and her will in her love for her family. And mm-hmm. the cool thing I really liked about this is like. Um, the relationship she has with her younger brother, like she realizes that he's a little bit different from everybody because he's so smart. And so um, actually him hanging out with other kids his age is something that is really not going to happen. So she she takes it upon herself to be like her brother's best friend, basically. And I thought that was really cute. Um, and mm-hmm. how uh, she was explaining that to her friends. Um, there's a lot of aspects of surprise during the story. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, there was like some whoa moments for me reading it. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I like whoa. There's a lot of aha moments. Yeah, I just uh huh. Like there was so I was able to like uh towards the end I was able to guess like how her investigation was going, but it was like it felt so like in a satisfying way because he like uh the way he wrote it is just like he gave you all the pieces and then as as it's coming to a close you it clicks on for you like oh i know who did it uh kind of thing and that's great that's great storytelling right there mm-hmm. they're just like you're giving the reader enough information to for them to piece along it's like you're going you're going on this journey with sophie right there and that's good mystery thr- thriller writing because that's what you want like you want you want your audience to give, reach that aha moment like just as your character is about to as well mm-hmm. so it like it keeps you in the moment and it keeps you like with the pace of this like there was no like like oh like a quick turn for like uh like like oh no like this is like how this is who really did it kind of thing it was just a, like no like here's all the pieces and here's like here's Sophie's journey and just as she's about to discover it you discover it too and so it's just uh I really I really like that and I cannot commend him enough for writing uh his mystery uh the mystery aspect of this in that manner Mm -hmm. but let's not like it is this is like a mystery like like detect keen like teen kid detective thing going on but it's also a sci-fi comic which (laughs) i fucking love it seems like it seems really really odd i like to like aliens are real like that's it's in this world aliens are real like you and they've been reported and they've been seen like on the news and i believe like we talked about that in uh, a volume one too because i was reading it i was remembering when Mm -hmm. we reviewed uh that first book but this is also a really good sci-fi story because it's like you have this tribe of weird alligator men mm-hmm. that came uh that came into creation because of the time travel that happened in the first book mm-hmm. so like because there's time travel and there's like there's this weird dude who's like crazy but he's also like super smart and he like doesn't really know what he's like he like you don't know if he's an antagonist 
or he or he's just there to like help Sophie along because it's it can go either way. There's like a really creepy scene when he's talking. Uh, Doc is his name. Yeah, he's talking to Sophie, and he's just all like, like you like I've given you all the pieces, mm-hmm. but what would happen if I just killed you right here? And I was just all like, holy shit, that's like <laughs> I was like, that's actually like I was like scared for Sophie. Um, uh, when that was when that scene was happening, but it, like. But you know, like it, it doesn't. It's, but it's just something that he says to her, and I was just like, "OMG!" But he, the doc, doc himself is a very interesting character as well. Who, like, he like split his mind or something, and like he can see like into like the past and the present. And he can travel through time and stuff like that. But he's crazy, <laughs> and you kind of get the hints as you're reading along that Sophie is down this path as well yeah like she's like she's like get it she's like going through this path but we don't know where that's gonna take her or was she gonna be more like doc or is she gonna be her own thing or is she just or is she not even gonna be able to like pass whatever whatever trials it is that she's going through to like gain this i think it's like you don't really know what she's gaining but she's, you know that she's gaining something, like some kind of insight or some mm-hmm. kind of vision or something along those lines. But it's like, it's, it's like, there's, there's a sci-fi, but to me, sci-fi has always been heavily tied with fantasy. So there's like this sense of mysticism as well in the writing. And it's all just like woven so, so well. It's such a good book. I I really loved volume two. And I think I like it a lot, even more than volume one. Because I, I, I did like volume one. I was going to say two, that, yeah volume two just really knocked it out of the park i i loved every moment of it yeah i what i was gonna say is uh that even though we read it so long ago um as i was reading volume two everything came back to me um and by the way i am team uznavi even though i feel a little bit weird (laughs) about the fact that i'm not exactly sure how old he is and it seems like kind of uh like um, not okay <laughs> that he's pervin on this teenage <laughs> high school girl. <laughs> um, but as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, Usnavi, I forgot all about that. And Sarah uh-huh. was reminding me about the cute little enduring story of how he, uh, he got that name. And it, um, I love mysteries. Um, I love seeing them unfold and trying to figure stuff out. And um, I, I love actually how this book ends and I won't say specifically how it ends, but I love that we are left with so much possibility. Um, And so I am really excited to continue to see this world and this character continue on. And um, one of the things that I want to make sure that we do um, uh, talk about is that the main character is what's her name? I forget. Sophie. Sophie. Yeah, (laughs) I knew we were just talking about it. Her main character is a Latina. Yes. Um, but Sarah, you were mentioning that um, one of the main things that he wanted to portray was that she's very uh, light skinned. Yeah. He's um, a redhead mm-hmm. and that Latinas, Latinos, Latinx people come in all shapes, sizes, colors. Um, and 
he does a really great job of inserting inserting um, Latinidad in her character. Absolutely. And um, even I think we got more of it in the second volume where we get more uh like more dialogue between the family and there's a lot of like latinidad like a lot of spanish mm-hmm. spoken between them um and i like the little kind of background thing where they're preparing for a quinceanera so mm-hmm. i thought that was like really well written into the story and um i, I, I just really enjoyed it and yes uh so she reminds me of like canelo canelo is a fighter and he's Mexican, um, and mm-hmm. he's like totally like ginger. He's like red hair, freckles, and light skin. But he's Canelo. He's like Mexican, like total Mexican. Like it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, uh, that's what Sophie kind of is like. Uh, she kind of represents the light skin Latinos out there um, that they mm-hmm. do exist. Uh, puede ser güera y totalmente mexicana, or puede mm-hmm. ser güera y totalmente nicaragüense, or whatever. So yeah, in this case, cubana. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not only that, it, I think it just it also reflects that uh, Latin identity is a wide range. We're not all brown and from Mexico and like brown hair, brown eyes, like uh and spanish accent and stuff like that so i i really i really like um um, that like um uh, her latin identity is emphasized uh in this book because i believe in the first one we're like is she uh but then and we didn't know until her mom appeared and then and but her mom appeared pretty early in the book and they were like oh okay she is but now like uh whereas before it was just kind of establishing like yes this is it like this is like yeah she's like she's like she's a cuban-american in the second in the second book is just like but yeah no but no like she's actually like she's she's cuban or like yeah. or like but she's 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 latina uh, as well, while still looking, she's just, yeah, es Latina, es un poco buena, pero todavía es Latina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I really did, I really did like that. And the fact that a major plot happens during her, uh, during her quince, and it's like, it's very telenovela worthy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, by the way, I enjoyed her quinceañera scenes. Those were super cute. Yeah, they were. And actually, to emphasize on that, same, Kristen, Timu's Navi. <laughs> <laughs> Super cute. I like him. I like him. Uh, well, speaking about telenovela and cattiness and chisme and drama, I want to share that um, Mr. Hamilton actually sought us out to share this particular volume with us because he was just so grateful um, that we reviewed the first one and he was just really grateful at our positive review and he really loved it and he really enjoyed the podcast and he um, says that he really wants to support us and is a fan. So he had been contacting us um, to say, I have this second volume. I really want you to get a copy. I want to give it to you for free. I want you to review it if you want to, but just get it in your hands. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like blast from the past. Like it was, it was so long ago. Um, and I was so excited and, uh, he is like, okay, I need to get your information, blah, blah, blah. And so 
in this in this email chain letter, he forwards me um, some communication between him and a publicity manager of his. And I'm reading, I mean, you know me, I'm nosy. So I'm reading all all the things. And this was, so it was back in 2018, actually. So not as long ago as I thought, but that's still a long time ago. That was originally when we, um, when we reviewed in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so um, I guess he had been asking his, 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 publicity manager you know for the links for the pdfs and everything and so she sends him a link and says here's a link to the digital kit uh digital press kit with the press release and then gives the link and then it and then she continues on to say also i only send pdfs to top tier media outlets but here's a link to the watermark pdf if you'd like to share it with them talking about uh, excuse me publicity manager did you not hear our in-depth conversation about um pillow princesses we are top tier (laughs) (laughs) i just thought that that was really funny and also i want to thank um richard for really fighting for us and for fighting to get this in our hands and to get the first one in our hands um, because uh, it really means a lot for the Latinx creators themselves to trust us with their properties and to also um, put value in what we say and what we think and um, for us to get uh, that information out there. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes. And we thank love you. the book. Honestly, we really do. This is genuine from the heart. You're not like it's it's a it's a good book. You'll know if I don't like something, even if you have bribed us. Like it'll be very noticeable. Um, uh, but no, it's it's a great book. It's greatly written, and I love every aspect of it. The detective, uh, the mystery, the sci-fi, the mysticism. It's all, uh, it's all really really good. And yeah. I think you've done uh, the artist, the art for it is absolutely stupendous too. It's, um, um, I like the art for the first one, but in this one, the artwork is out of the ballpark as well. I love the mm-hmm. colors. I love how Sophie looks. She looks like a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I really did enjoy reading the book. Absolutely. Um, I love the aspects where you have characters that are Native American. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that you have that kind of sort of like magical aspect of that, those characters. But mostly, I really love the way you write Sophie. And I love the interaction of the adults with Sophie, because they don't talk down to her. Um, they, you know, welcome her opinion they want to work Mm -hmm. with her they you know she's 14 years old but my god she has a brain on her yeah multiple times I forget that she is a high school student yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and I love the validation she gets for her the brain she has the passion she has like Mm -hmm. um it's just it's it's just really great like I can't recommend it enough you guys really definitely have to read both issues both volumes one and two because uh, the character development on Sophie alone is amazing and then all the people that are part of her life are just it's so well written nothing feels cluttered everything everybody's characters developed in and the artwork really just has blossomed from the first um, trade paperback 
where we we were introduced to her and she's 14 years old she's probably at the beginning of her 14 year old and then right now uh into the into where she's turning 15 mm-hmm. uh, and you mm-hmm. can totally see how uh, the art and her her body and her face has changed and I and I totally love it I'm so here for it and I can't wait to read issue three I know <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what happened when's it coming so, out I know yeah. I know independent creators hate that when they just barely like <laughs> put their blood sweat and tears into something and it's finally finished and they get it out there and it took them like years and like they, <laughs> they just want to rest and and people are like when's the next one coming out no, but it's amazing. It really is. And the ending, oh my, I don't want to give it away, yeah. but I am so here for the third one. Like, I need to know. I totally need to know. Like, oh my, uh, it haunts me. It totally yeah. haunts me. It, uh, it also gives a um, an opening for this story to go a completely different direction, yes, quite honestly. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Like, you're like, where is this going? Like, literally, where is this going? But anyway, are we ready to actually rate it? Yes. I'm like, it's so good. Like, oh, my God, I'm still haunted by that image of of the last pages. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is Sarah. Yeah, why don't you start? Yes, I'm going to give it the whole panaderia. I didn't think I was. I thought I was going to give it tres conchas, but just talking about it again and how I was like totally moved and I'm so haunted by the end of the uh, second volume. I'm going to give it the whole panaderia. Okay. Uh, This is Kristen and I am going to give it tres conchas and a cup of champurrado. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the writing is really done so well. Um, the mystery aspect of it is done so well. The story um, moves along at an amazing pace and unfolds and gives you uh, the little tidbits that you need to continue to be interested and excited about where it's going. I was drawn in immediately. And as soon as I was re- I was like reading it and all of the, the memories of the first one came flooding back. Um, I was totally into it. So, yes, I highly, highly, highly recommend it and give it three quantas and a cup of champurrado. This is Jen and same thing here. The entire panaderia. I just I really love the book. I love Sophie and her characterization and all of her and all the supporting characters that we see in it. I love her relationship with her brother. I love uh, her determination to find the truth. Um, um, and I I just the book is very well written. And if you're a fan of sci-fi fantasies, if you're fan, if you're a fan of uh, mystery thrillers, if you're if you're a fan of just like kind of YA books, I think this book is perfect. Uh, if you want to pick it up and read something that's like really genuinely good, so uh, the entire panaderia, you know. So I cannot I cannot recommend this book enough. So that was our review, guys. Great review all around. All right, guys, it's now time for On My Radar. Kristen, you have an On My Radar. What is on your radar? I do. So uh, On My Radar this week is a book called Carmen. 
And Carmen is, um, I believe, an image book. And it is a re, uh, not retelling, a republication, a re-release, there you go, of uh, a book that was already released. And Image seems to be doing this a lot lately where they are repackaging um, graphic novels that have been released in other countries and other languages and translating them and re-releasing them in um, monthly uh, periodical form. So this one is Carmen. It is Carmen with a K, K-A-R-M-E-N. And um, it is written by a Spanish writer, Gillam March, um, who is best known for his work with DC Comics on Batman, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn. And he's also worked as an artist on several graphic novels, uh, including... um, Monica with Titan Comics and The Dream with Europe Comics. Um, Here, this is a five-part series, and he um, is writing and drawing, and the art is just so so amazing. It's very ethereal, very, like, dreamlike, very, it just really draws you in and adds to the story so amazingly. Um, But um, Carmen uh, is actually an angel mm. and she comes across this woman. I believe her name is Carla, um, who recently has passed, but doesn't really understand that she has. And so Carmen is very unconventional. She's very like, I want to say almost use the word flighty, but she's very just like, um, telling jokes and very like lighthearted and Carla's just like, what is this person? Who is this person? And like very like confused because she doesn't really understand what's happened. Um, and Car- the instances surrounding Carla's death um, actually are very important to where this story is going to go. And excuse me, the story in the first issue is kind of just Carla. Um, and Carmen meeting for the first time and Carmen basically trying to get Carla to just like ironically um, understand the importance of life and the appreciation of life, even though now she's dead. Um, So it's a very, very uh, interesting, good book. It says it's packed with um, surprises and metaphysics and it's gorgeously drawn and deploys tenderness and humor as it dives deep into topics that matter. So um, I highly recommend it. We ran out. We sold out of the first uh, issue. I've reordered it. Um, and um, hopefully uh, people will pick it up when the second one comes out. But it is just so good. So Carmen with a K, um, if you still have, if your uh, LCS still has issues of it, definitely pick it up. It's so good. Awesome. Thank you for that. I, when you said Carmen, I was thinking about that opera. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my God, is this like a retelling of Carmen? But uh, anyway, this sounds actually better. Thank you so much for bringing that up. All right, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. And again, Kristen is always our highlighter of Juntos y Fuertes. (laughs) So with Juntos y Fuertes, I am actually highlighting um, a creator that we have reviewed in the past. And um, he 
has um he was very involved with the latinx comic arts festival um luke martinez and um as part of the after party um yesterday at the latinx comic arts festival he shared his um his most recent work um and if you don't remember we actually uh reviewed his book ascendant which was a um which was a superhero story basically um, revolving around the passing of a mantle um, and the relationships between those people and how that uh, plays out. And it was so good. We, I think, all highly rated that book. It was just so, so good. But he has, uh, Luke has recently released a mini comic. And the mini comic is called Abolita. And he has um, created this with artist Maddie Gonzalez, who is a Latina creator as well. And it is um, so cute. It's only 10 pages. Um, it's I read it. I bought it yesterday when he shared it. And it's just, I loved it so much. It was very, very, uh, well, the, the art is amazing, but really well done. The storyline itself revolves around um, family, around Abuelita, around the food that she creates and cooks. It's just, it was, it was really cute. So um, it is a mini comic and it is available on Gumroad. And Gumroad is a website where basically independent creators can go and offer their, um, their projects there for, um, I don't know if all the projects are like this, but when I went to buy uh, Abolita, it asked me to pay what I thought was fair. Oh, wow. um, okay. So you can go and um, basically pay what you think is fair for access to the PDF. And um, you can go to gumroad.com backslash Ironclad Press. And Ironclad Press is the publishing company that Luke runs. So that will take you to um, on Gumroad to all of the properties that are up there for uh, purchase. And if you get a chance, read Ascendant. Um, I'm not sure what episode that we reviewed it on, but go back, listen to our review, or just take mm. my word for it. It is um, amazing, and I highly, <laughs> highly, highly recommend it. So it uh, go to Gumroad. That's G U M R O A D dot com backslash ironclad press. I R O N C L A D P R E S S. That's so awesome. Actually, uh, whenever I'm trying to look for an episode, a specific review that we did, all I do is like Google search Comadres y Comics podcast, and then the book we reviewed, it'll always come up. There so, you go. Yeah. So if you guys are ever looking for a specific book that we've reviewed and are not sure what episode it's on, just Google it. Trust me, it'll work because sometimes I go back and forth all the time. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I, oh my God, love Descendants. Dude, I know I'm the crier of the podcast, but damn, <laughs> that was just, I felt so much on that one. It was just so good. Uh, so yes. Um, Luke, I can't wait to actually read Abuelita. So thank you so much for sharing that, Kristen. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it's time for En La Libreria, Jen. En La Libreria, take it away. 
So today in La Libreria, we have The Day the Clan Came to Town. Whoa. A fictionalized I need to graphic. Know what the heck this is about. <laughs> yes. It's a fictionalized graphic retelling of a KKK riot that occurred in Carnegie, Pennsylvania in 1923 and the wow. resistance to it. So, story. Um, the Day the Clan Came to Town is a fictionalized graphic retelling of a KKK riot that occurred in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. Uh, that is being written by Bill Campbell and illustrated by Bazan Korabende. Uh, I hope I said that right. <laughs> With a forward by uh, Jelly Clark. Um, so it's it's definitely a speculative fiction uh, piece of work uh, because it, it's it's a retelling of a, of a KKK riot that happened, but the situations and the circumstances around it have been changed. Mm-hmm. So. In the story, the year is 1923, and the KKK is at the height of its power in the U.S. as membership swells into the millions, and they expand beyond their original southern borders. Mm-hmm. As they grow, so do their targets. As they continue their campaigns of terror against African Americans, their list now includes Catholics and Jews, Southern and Eastern Europeans, all in the name of white supremacy. But they are no longer considered a terrorist organization. By adding the messages of moral decency, family values, and temperance, the Klan has slapped on a thin veneer of respectability and has become a civic organization, attracting ordinary citizens, law enforcement, and politicians to their particular brand of white Anglo-Saxon and Protestant Americanism. Sound familiar? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania enthusiastically joined that wave. That was when the Grand Dragon of Pennsylvania decided to display the clan's newfound power in a show of force. He chose a small town outside of Pittsburgh named after Andrew Carnegie, a small, unassuming borough full of Catholics and Jews, the perfect place to re- teach these immigrants a lesson. Some 30,000 members of the clan gathered from as far as Kentucky for Carnegie Day. After initiating new members, they armed themselves with torches and guns to descend upon the town to show them exactly what Americanism was all about. The Day the Clan Came to Town is a fictionalized retelling of the riot focusing on a Sicilian immigrant, uh, Primo Salerno. Um, uh, and then it goes on and it gives us rewards and tears and stuff like that. Uh, and you can see sample pages of it. But it is... It is a doozy. It's it's a lot to take in, and it's definitely it's about a riot that took place, but it's been set into the speculative fiction of like, what if the clan had had more power, or what if there was like, and it, it was very much much more as we kind of see how MAGA people are. I was gonna uh, say, what today. if the clan had more power? You mean like um, a president well, of the United States? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So the book itself uh, has already reached its funding goal um, uh, of $7,000. It's currently at $9,679 with 240 backers and 11 days still to go as of recording this. Uh, And actually, and it's already, they already have like reviews and stuff like that for, um, um, for the book. Uh, T. Bui, author of The Best We Could Do, gives it high praise. Damien Duffy, author of Octavia Butler's Kindred, wow. uh, a graphic wow. novel adaptation. Wow. Nate Powell, 
There is a Kindred March. graphic novel. Yeah, actually, yeah, there I, is. I, I wanted to let you guys know that because I wanted to do that uh, in the future. I oh wow, yeah, I have it in. My, I don't know if it's still available it's, on uh, Diamond. It's, a, it's on Amazon. Okay. So, yeah, no, I uh-huh. I wanted to discuss that later on, but I'm sorry. Continue. I just I'm so shocked yeah. that uh, Joel Christensen Gill, illustrator of Strange Fruit, which is oh Strange my- Fruit. Strange Fruit is amazing. amazing. The art yeah. is amazing. Oh, the art isn't it watercolor? Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah, I mean, and oh, jeez. Yeah, and Josh Newfield, author of AD New Orleans after the Deluge. So it's it's got some pretty big names supporting it um uh, so and it looks it looks really interesting the artwork is um uh, it's very like it's very blocky very old school american cartoon style mm-hmm. um uh, but it looks uh it looks it looks very interesting and then you kind of see like you you're kind of given a preview of the future as well oh, wow. so it's it's an interesting a speculative fiction or like a uh, piece about a KKK riot that actually took place that actually happened. So right. um, uh, the day the clan came to town, uh, just type it in Kickstarter and you'll see it, but they have uh, the base pledge starting at $10 and you get the ebook, but then for $20, you get the ebook and also a physical copy of the book. Oh, wow. And that's then for good. Four- yeah. And then for $40, you get three uh, copies of the book. Um, uh, so you can start as a reading group, give us gifts or something, but, uh, and you will also get it um, uh, in PDF uh, ebook format. Mm-hmm. So for $40, you get three copies of the book. And for $50, um, um, you not only do you get uh, the book, but you also get uh, paperback uh, uh, um, uh, copies of your choosing of other books that pm press who's publishing this book has which is they're different ones of setting sides pacifism as pathology 500 years of indigenous resistance they're all books about like Mm anti-colonialism or like racism and the growth uh that uh has come since then stuff like that uh there's other options like there's one for understanding like jim crow laws and stuff like that it's very um uh it's very like historical heavy um uh uh, other books that you can get but it's it's interesting and i definitely think it's something that should uh be supported um, um so go ahead and take a look and t- uh, to see if this is something that you want to back dude uh dude this was really heavy super heavy like when you started i was like so ready to be angry and uh and as you progress with the people that are backing this book and have written reviews i'm just like okay I may be in for the $40. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. But uh, thank you so much. I mean, that, oh, wow, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was heavy. That was really heavy. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm glad that we've started this section because Kickstarter has a lot of projects like this. Yeah. Uh, that we usually wouldn't see, like, published or wouldn't even know about uh, unless we were, like, actively doing this. So I, I've been enjoying a lot, like, coming and looking for, like, projects and interesting things that we can uh highlight and back because i'm definitely backing this i know totally thank you all right guys it's now time for saludos Kristen, quien estamos saludando hoy 
Well, today we are saludando um, Dr. Rojas, Dr. Teresa Rojas, who is the founder and, um, what do I say, the founder and going honor <laughs> person. <laughs> Organ producer. There you go, the organizer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> of the Latinx Comics Art all right, Comic Arts Festival. I always want to put the S on comics. But she put on the most amazing freaking um, event this last weekend. And um, this is the second year that she's been forced to do it virtually. And this year she had an advisory board and she just really knocked it out of the park. And I really want to make sure that she gets her accolades, that the advisory board gets their accolades for the awesome, amazing event that they put on. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you can go to the uh, www.latinxcomicartsfest.com and find their um, artist, uh, exhibit. You can find a link to the YouTube channel where all of the panels that went on this year are available and you can just find out more about the event. And I know that she is already looking forward to 2022 Latinx comic arts fest. Um, and I am also looking forward to it. We, um, Kamasi comics was able to close out the show this year with um, a, um, a panel called Comics and Beer Forever. And I am the first one to want to vote for this being an ongoing tradition. And I can't wait for it to be in person next year. And so um, saludos to the entire Latinx Comic Arts Festival um, experience, to Dr. Rojas especially, and to everybody that put in time and effort to making this a very successful um, festival. Absolutely, including the advisory board that was um, helping out with this event. Um, I think this is the first virtual event, Kristen, because I think last year it was canceled like seven days before it actually happened. But I thought that they actually had some stuff that that she put on a little bit later maybe i'm i don't know there was so many virtual things that happened all at once last year so i could be remembering wrong so um if that's the case then i apologize <laughs> they all no, melded together <laughs> no, uh, uh, no quite honestly like i think that we went to the first one and it was amazing it's so amazing we got to meet so many wonderful people and it was one of my favorites i mean they're all my favorites what am i who am i kidding uh and then the second one uh we had plans to go and we were all set to go and yes i i remember because i got time off work i was so excited because it starts on a march Friday. was gonna be a huge oh. uh deal last year for commodity comics <laughs> yeah we were supposed yeah, to we're gonna go to texas brownsville yeah, yeah. right brownsville texas so i was like really looking forward to it and then i think it was like 10 days before the event she was shut down because of covid yeah and um you know, I mean, how do you pick up the pieces? I mean, you've ordered chairs, you've ordered, you've rented out the space, you had orders in for food, and you had tablecloths and chairs and tables. So I don't think the virtual part part of happened until this year. 
And I still have memories coming up on my Facebook telling me, like, you were traveling to Modesto. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, she's been an amazing, amazing supporter of our podcast. She's an amazing, wonderful woman. She uh, had a chat book that we reviewed, uh, Dr. Teresa Rojas, and it was just amazing, like, amazing. And um, her and the advisory board just, just made this event super amazing i i really uh, loved like i said at the beginning of the podcast i loved the mobility of this uh this convention because i was able to attend most of Mm -hmm. the panels and the ones that i couldn't attend i know now that are going to be streaming on youtube a little bit later once the the streaming is approved but um i learned so much on these panels i met I didn't meet them personally, but I, <laughs> I saw them talk about their projects and the passion behind all of that is really amazing. So saludos again to the Latin Comics Art Festival and Doctora Teresa Rojas. Muchísimas gracias. Saludos goes out also to the advisory board. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, where can they find us, girls? So as always, you can find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can DM us as well. We do respond. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe and comment on our YouTube channel. We have Las Platicas where we talk to creators and have conversations with uh, people that are in uh, the indie comic book industry. Um, when you comment, you are entered to win uh, into our raffle that I talked about at the beginning of the episode also be sure to check periodnetwork.com where we have so many other amazing podcasts on the network Uh, it's by women for everyone also please be sure to check out our patreon Uh, what is the address to check that out Kristen? i believe it's period podcast network Uh, so it's um, patreon.com backslash period podcast network Excellent. Thank you so much. Be sure to enter into the raffle, um, comment, uh, rate, and review. You must review uh, uh, or on CastBox or Apple Podcasts in order to win this monkish year and lightning strike issue one and two. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you very, very much. We really appreciate it. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.